back in the days when I was a teenager. All right, greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. First downs and flip tricks. I was at Chargers training facility yesterday. I've got uh, interviews uh, or or the special for the Desiree Show, the ITL inside the locker room. But I'll let you guys take a listen. Uh, again, that's uh, this is the ITL. It's a little bit of odds and ends, a little raw. There's some ambient noise there because it is all locker room interviews. Uh, but I'm real thankful to uh, the Chargers organization uh, for allowing me to come on a regular basis. And here you guys go. Enjoy. This is the ITL today at the Chargers training facility. It is January 3rd, Thursday. I was here. I spoke to Mike Williams, also to Russell Okun, two players who are definitely impacting this team and that obviously also have championship teams behind them in their history. I spoke a little bit about some of those similarities with this roster Uh, Obviously heading into Baltimore, this is the second time these two will meet up in three weeks. And following, Eric D. Williams of ESPN and I were uh, speaking pretty candidly, a little bit at hand, what his opinions are and some of mine. Uh, So hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy the wild card weekend. And thank you again to the Chargers uh, and all of you for tuning in. All right, this is the ITL. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. And I'm here inside the locker room with the Chargers. I'm with Mike Williams. Happy New Year, Mike. Same to you. Appreciate it. I just asked uh, Damien if you guys have a bet going already. No, nah, we, we haven't finally, you know, made that bet yet. But I'm sure we're going to – it's going to be a bet uh, coming soon, though. Now, you had uh, close to 100 yards in that game, one touchdown. You had a four-yard touchdown catch to, in the fourth to bring it to 24-21 Alabama. Yeah. And then on that final drive – a second and five at the Clemson 39 yeah. uh, for 24 yards, uh, you know, helping helping win that drive. Uh-huh. What what is that similar to anything that you've in, you've encountered here? Uh, I mean, a little bit. It was a big game. I mean, it is big games. We played a lot of big games at Clemson, uh, and then playing a team like Alabama, we felt like they was one of the better teams in college football at the time. So we just wanted to, you know, to be the best. You had to beat the best, and we beat those guys. So that's just preparing me for times like this at uh, NFL playoffs. Okay, and then I have a personal question. How how in the heck do you catch some of these catches you catch when I see you on the field? It's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. And what's the practice, or what? Uh, I mean, was there any kind of crazy thing you did when you were a child, or? when you were younger playing? I don't know. It's just something I always was used to doing. Just the ball come your way, catch the ball. You know, I was coached that. That was my, my mentality the whole time. The ball in my in my facility, I just got to catch it. This team is really special. Uh, having been here in the locker room throughout the season, watching guys play, there's something very special, something you can't quite put a finger on, yeah. at least that I have seen. Um, you have played for a championship a team before. Are there any similarities to this locker room and that locker room? Yeah, I mean, don't quit. Uh, that's probably the main thing, you know, fight to the end. You know, not matter what opponent you play, just bring the same intensity level to uh, every game and just prepare well, practice hard, and the games will be easy. Okay, now they are watching them play, uh, watching the Ravens play the Browns. I kind of was watching film last yeah. night. Their deep threats with the Browns, they struggled with, uh, you know, and I and I think in my mind, I think of you and I think of Tyrell and I think of Keenan of being those threats with this team. Um, I, anything different for you coming into this game or, I mean, you can't predict anything, but is there yeah. anything mentally for you? No, just make the plays that's there. That's the main thing. Just control, we control this. Whenever the ball come our way, make the plays, uh, block for the running backs and everything else will handle itself. Okay, and uh, where the best place for people to follow you, Instagram or Twitter? Oh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, uh, The Real Mike Dub. It's the same on both, The Real Mike underscore Dub. Okay. 
Okay. You know, and I do want to address your hair. You've got the, the dopest hair, I think. You know. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and for somebody who is totally hair impaired, uh, you know, any any uh, tips out there for anybody uh, looking to get a good uh, real let it. I just let it just be itself. I don't touch it. I just let it just flow. All right. Awesome. Thanks for a few minutes and uh, dynamite wishes out there this week. Sunday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. And Monday, exactly. Gotta get that big dub. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> any final words to uh, to Damien uh, on the game, or do you no, want to say I'll anything talk, that I'll might? Talk, uh, I'll just talk to him after the game. At the game. After, after the game. After, after the, the game. game. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll talk after the game. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, bro. Cheers. All right. Welcome back. This is the ITL on the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I'm joined by Russell Okun. Uh, Russell, you you've played on some championship teams, a Super Bowl team as well. Any similarities? I, I see this team. There's something pretty special in this locker room. I see when I'm here and then also on the field on Sundays. Is there any similarities for you? Yeah, I would say the similarities I see from the teams I've been in the past before with the teams that have had uh, exceptional seasons uh, would be uh, just these guys really enjoy being around one another. They they love the game. They're passionate about football. uh, and We love being around each other. Uh, We're close. We're a close, tight-knit group. Uh, We respect one another, and we trust one another to do our job at a high level. Okay, and yeah, and those are awesome ingredients. Those are ingredients you wish for in a locker room, but I feel like there's just some, another element. Is there another element that you can't quite put your finger on? Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I think it's important to, to even uh, recognize the talent that we have uh, and how each talented individual is uh, essentially uh, selfless in terms of the way they go about their work and, uh, and, and the demand to make plays, too. So, um, yeah, but there is... Uh, this sort of intangible factor, you can't really put your finger on this energy, uh, this enthusiasm that I think the great teams uh, usually have. And any similarities uh, kind of in the motion or the feelings uh, when you're with the Seahawks? Um, I think this is a different team, you know, so I think uh, we're special in a different way. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, uh, you know, we got a, we got a good offense, a good defense, a, a great special teams. Three really good phases that make this uh, team really special. Okay, now this is the second time in three weeks you will be playing the Ravens. Uh, you know, they say it is really, really tough to beat a team twice in a season. Uh, what is the advantage or disadvantage for you coming into this in, within a three-week span? Yeah, I think for us, it's just we're, we're extremely realistic. Um, uh, last time they got the best of us. They out-executed us on, on multiple levels. You know, so, I mean, the onus falls on us to make sure that we're ready to go, that we have a great week of, uh, a great week of practice, and that we put ourselves in the best position uh, to win the game. Best way to people for people to follow you? Oh, yeah. Um, at Russell Okung. Two S's, two L's. Last name, O-K-U-N-G. On Instagram or On Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, all sorts of stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on everything. So just just type the name in, you'll find me. And well, and one last thing is, you are involved with a really rad organization that you started, that you are the co-founder of. Yep. Can you uh, give us a little insight on that? Yeah, I, I think we I've started a couple of businesses now, but um, more specifically towards my uh, my passion for philanthropy uh, would be Greater Foundation. And for us, we just believe that the future is going to be all about technology and entrepreneurship. You know, and I think our, as our economy changes and a lot of businesses are moving to being tech en- enabled, the workforce needs to change and people need to be uh, instilled with the tools and the resources in order to, su- to succeed in the future. So we spend a lot of our time um, working with uh, um, 
in low-income areas, working with, uh, with kids who don't have uh, uh, opportunities to have these resources, and uh, we, we hopefully can give them a future. Okay, and I'm going to add on, I'm all over the place today. You are one of, I think, 13 players that have been around uh, for since for at least seven years in the, in the league. As your role... Is that it? Vet, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't say there's 13 oh, wow. players. Um, no way. Really? That's six cool. or seven years. But yeah, I mean, this is a pretty That's young cool. team. What, um, I mean, do you see your role differently? Or, I mean, is there anything that you kind of put on yourself as a vet in this locker room? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I should be held ac uh, accountable for um, my experience. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to play in a lot of games and. Um, if I can just pass that down to the young guys and help them understand like what this game is and how to be a professional, uh, that's what it's all about. That's what guys did for me when I was a young guy, uh, is, is take me aside and, and help me understand the game and the demands of the game, more importantly. So uh, I, I do see it as a responsibility to take the young guys aside and make sure that they're, they're doing the best they can to help this team win. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. Again. <laughs> I'm joined by Eric Williams of ESPN. Chargers are heading to Baltimore this week, the second time in three weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, they say it's really difficult to beat a team two times in a season. Mm -hmm. What's your experience? And this is a real quick turnaround, though. It is a real quick turnaround, and I think that helps the Chargers in terms of preparation instead of having to prepare for a new team that maybe they haven't faced this year, like New England or Houston. Um, you're right, it is tough to beat a, a team twice in a row in the same season. So I think that maybe helps the Chargers, but then they have to go on the road. Ravens are going to be playing at home, so they'll be a little more comfortable. They'll have the home crowd behind them. Of course, the Chargers are 8-0 when they boarded a plane this year, so they're going to kind of use that uh, as motivation, the fact that they've been to uh, hostile environments like Seattle, Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh, and have had some success. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a tough game, a physical defense with Baltimore. They hold the Chargers to a season low. 10 points. Um, so I think the main thing for the Chargers is they need to get the offense going, maybe try to get ahead early and be able to play from ahead instead of having to come from behind in a lot of these games. Yeah, and again, making him one-dimensional and the pressure on Phillip Rivers. Mm -hmm. uh, the running, I think it was 51 yards total in that game, um, under 200 yards in the air uh, for the Chargers on a loss. Um, this, but what I feel watching Baltimore play or host the, the – uh, the Browns this last, last week, week yeah. really exposed some of their weaknesses, uh, their deep threats, their secondary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jarvis Landry, um, there was, and I feel like the Chargers have that bonus if they can run the ball with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Tyrell, um, that they might be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. They're going to have to have balance. So Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are going to have to be involved in the running game in order to create the ability to create those chunk plays. As you mentioned, the Browns were able to get down the field. And so, yeah, they, they have the weapons to be able to do it, but they're going to have to protect Phillip Rivers so he can push the ball down the field. And that's where they struggled against the Ravens in the first game. They gave up four sacks, and Phillip was under pressure a lot in that game. So um, I think it's going to be important that you, you mention it to have balance, not only in terms of Melvin and Austin running the ball, but using them as outlets in the passing game, get them the ball out in space and make Baltimore cover those running backs at the second level of their defense, see if they can put pressure on them that way and see if that is effective for them. Okay, and then uh, John Harbaugh is known to 
come in with a game plan um, and play a first half that is nothing what the opponent is expecting mm-hmm. and then go and you know regroup in the second half and come back with their normal stuff. What is the most difficult thing you think about playing the Ravens? Um, as far as there, I mean, obviously any team is going to do the same yeah. thing, but but he is kind of known for really kind of shifting. Sure, I, I think, um, and that's one of the um, strengths I think of, of Baltimore is, is is Coach Harbaugh has been in these situations before. He has a lot of playoff experience, and he can kind of lean on that and use that to his benefit. Uh, he's been in a lot of big games. He's led that organization to a Super Bowl. Um, you're dealing with the Chargers, Anthony Lynn. This is his first time being in the playoffs as a head coach. Uh, obviously, they have other guys that have been there before. Ken Wisenhut has won a Super Bowl during his time. Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley has with Seattle. So you have some assistant coaches that have been there, done that. And Coach Lynn has done that as a, as a player as well, you know, when he played for the Broncos. Well, he can lean on that experience. But this is his first time being a head coach. And so there are some concerns in terms of going in there game planning, making adjustments in game adjustments, making adjustments after halftime, uh, going against somebody that's, you know, been there in terms of Harbaugh and his experience. Okay, yes, but they do have a rookie quarterback, Mm -hmm. which I think Gus Bradley and this defense is sort of cohesive uh, this season with so many different injuries. The players have been playing uh, multiple positions um, and stepping in where it's needed. Um, What is the – I mean – this is a very mobile quarterback, obviously, mm-hmm. as we saw. Um, but I feel like if the Chargers can somehow get to him and get pressure on him and sack him, yeah. that they can make him a little worried. And I think that's enough to sort of keep him a little bit at bay. Sure. Um, well, the Chargers held um, Lamar to a season-low 39 rushing yards in the first game and held the Ravens to 156 total rushing yards. So they did a pretty good job defensively in kind of containing their explosive running game, and they're going to have to do that again. Uh, They're going to want to put Lamar in third and medium, third and long situations, and see if he can uh, complete passes in those situations. So that will be important. Um, Along with that, you mentioned the pressure. They're going to have to figure out how to get pressure on Lamar, but they don't want to – Oops, yeah. <laughs> create the ru- the running lanes because that's really where he kills you is you're running but you don't get to him in terms of a pass rusher and now he is able to get down the field and create plays with his legs so when they do rush they're going to have to really make sure they're they're having integrity in terms of staying in the rushing lanes so that he's not able to escape the pocket and make big plays okay and then the this team i looked at the roster before i came in today and it's like i want to say 11 to 13 players total that have been here mm-hmm. for six years or more. Mm-hmm. Some have played in that game. Some have played, obviously, in Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, – and the rest are, you know, are, are younger players. Right. Um, the role of the veterans here. This team – and I'm going to sort of sideline because this team, what I see, and I don't cover them like you do. I get to come in every once in a while in the locker room, but I feel a presence that I have not felt or seen – in the 11 years that I've been covering the team. Mm. Um, there seems to be a cohesiveness. There seems to be this sort of um, us against the world. There seems to be a group of guys in that locker room that are, I, you know, uh, for instance, Austin Eckler, I interviewed him probably at the beginning of the season. He, he moved things over on the bench so I could sit down. Mm-hmm. I've never had that happen before. Um, th- the caliber of guys in this locker room, 
Um, I mean, can you do you see that, or am I just am I being able to see that maybe as being a little a step back from where you are? Or yeah, I mean, I I think that um, I think that Anthony Lynn has done a good job of nurturing chemistry within the group, and guys are comfortable with each other. And I think any team that has success, you you have to build that trust. And so he's done a good job of of kind of letting the players establish that you know between themselves. Anthony's still the head coach and the guy that makes the final decisions, but he, he really wanted to make sure that, that guys had ownership of the team. And I think you see that, like you said, when you come in and, and, and guys feel comfortable in the locker room. Sometimes you're in locker rooms and, and, and you have kind of a dictatorship in terms of how a, a coach runs a team, and maybe guys aren't as comfortable. Um, but you, you certainly see that with this team. And I think Anthony did that because he was a guy as a player that wasn't you know, a John Elway or the top player on the roster, he was more of a grunt guy and a guy that had to grind to stay on the roster um, each and every year. So he saw the value of that as a player and wanted to establish that as a coach. And I think as a media member, you know, somebody that maybe isn't here every day, you come in and you kind of notice those little things as somebody that's been around the team for over a decade. Yeah, no, and a grit, um, a, a team you know, like you kind of just spoke on that mm -hmm. as well. I have also seen it, and I don't know if I, no, I, I'm not going to second guess myself. I've seen it with Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. I mean, where for a while it, it looked like his, it, it was too much for him. Um, or he, but he is, there's been like this humility um, and all the blocking he does. And I mean, obviously all the fantastic work he does on the field as mm -hmm. well. But the blocking is what I'm always impressed with. And just this unity um, where, I don't know, it just feels like there's a lot of really good players and everyone is sharing and everyone is rooting for each other, which mm -hmm. is, you don't always see. Yeah, and, and you need that for, for good teams. You know, you, you need some unselfishness, uh, in, especially from your star players, because you're not always going to be the person that's always getting the ball. And so, yeah, you, you're seeing that from Keenan. But, you know, Keenan's getting older, too. He, he has two daughters at home. Um, so I think that tends to, to help you mature as well when, when you have kids and you have that responsibility uh, happening uh, uh, at the home. Yeah. You, know, you kind of bring that different sense uh, to the field. To the maturity. And then I've seen it also with Philip. Sure. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's got a ninth one coming. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, he's got his own basketball team. Yeah. Um, predictions uh, for you. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think it could go either way. Um, to me, I, I think – I think two keys. I think one key will be defensively the Chargers kind of making Lamar, making plays with his arm. And then I think offensively, Phillip just playing and letting the game come to him and being comfortable and not feeling like he has to force the issue. And for that to happen, they have to have balance. They have to run the football to take some of the pressure off Phillip because of all the turnovers that have happened in the last couple games. Um, and then I think that if they get off to a fast start and really play from ahead and make – uh, the Ravens play from behind. I think that could work to their advantage. Um, I like the Chargers in this one. I think that they're the better team, 24-20 uh, Chargers. Awesome. Okay, cool. You're one of the rare ones. Everyone in the media seems to be picking the Baltimore Ravens, so it's nice to hear. Yeah, well, right. we'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, no, right on. And I agree. I think they, they do find a way. It, it, they got to, they've got to be able to run the ball. They've got to be able to give, uh, to keep that team and the defense on, honest. Mm -hmm. uh, because you've seen the pressure that Philip has endured the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so, Got to awesome. protect them or 17. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sure. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah.
Thanks.